Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. I need to hear God speak to me, don't you? I want my Heavenly Father to tell me, here's what's up, here's what to do. How do I know that God still communicates with us? Well, the Bible's filled with that. But one of the key ones is John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Well, what is the voice? It's the word of God spoken by God to us. Have you ever been in a spot where you were being pressured to give up your faith in Jesus? There are a few situations in America where that might happen, but it definitely happens if you were raised Hindu or Muslim, for example. Pastor Mark's teaching today about a group of Jewish believers who were under pressure from the culture they left and the rulers of Rome. You'll hear about their struggle as they're being tempted to leave Christianity and return to the relative peace and safety of Judaism. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, as he continues his message, God is Still Speaking. In the garden, God spoke directly to Adam and Eve, and he gave them instruction. God appeared to Abraham in human form. He appeared to Jacob as an angel. God spoke to Moses and the people of Israel at Mount Sinai with what? What we just experienced this afternoon. Thunder and lightning. That was God speaking. When the mountain shook, God was speaking. How about Elijah when he was discouraged and he went up and hid in the little mountain? How did God speak? In a still, small voice. Very different from a mountain that would shake. And then when God guided the Israelites after they came out of Egypt, how did God speak? Pillar of what? Cloud by day and fire by night. So God used so many amazing ways to guide us. You say, well, some people believe God doesn't even speak today because they don't believe in the Bible. Well, does God speak outside of the Bible? Yes, he does. And we know this. For instance, God speaks through creation, nature. When you see animals and you see all the things they do and you see the amazing things that They do all by the DNA that God's put in them. I mean, obviously there is a creator. He speaks through our conscience. Romans chapter 1 tells us that man 
ignores his conscience that God gave him to say that there is a God and goes off and does his own thing. And then, of course, we know from Solomon's writings that God put eternity in our heart. In other words, we know there's a a life after death. We absolutely know that God has placed in the heart of every man eternity. Yet the ministry in the Old Testament was beautifully from God, but it was partial and it was fragmented. It doesn't come together. That's why we have to study all of it together. Now, everyone kind of got a measure of revelation as you went through the Old Testament. But in every case, it was incomplete. You couldn't fill in all the boxes. It just didn't totally add up. Certainly to each person, it didn't add up. When we look at it from the New Testament, it's easy to see this theme that goes right through. But then there's a but in verse 2. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 starts with but. What does that mean? But in these last days, what days are those? Those are the days we're living in now. God has spoken to us by his son. In other words, we notice something different. It's very different. He doesn't speak to us. Notice it doesn't say he has spoken to us by his prophet, Jesus, as if Muhammad would say that. He's just another wonderful prophet. No, 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 no. He's the son of God. He speaks very different. The prophets were only channels through whom the divine word was communicated. The Lord Jesus himself was the final revelation of God to men. Now, here's what you want to write. In this final age, the age we're living in, God speaks by his son completely and with finality. We have all we need to know about past, future events and how to live today. The Bible communicated his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection of Jesus Christ, And through all the words that Jesus spoke to us, we see a finality. The word is finished. So much so that in Revelation, we have this warning. Do not try to add to the revelation of God. It's finalized. Now, John 1.1 says this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Barclay says this, in a word, the prophets were the friends of God, but Jesus was his son. The prophets grasped part of the mind of God, but Jesus was the mind of God. It is to be noted that it is no part of the purpose of the writer to the Hebrews to belittle the prophets, in other words, It's not trying to downplay the prophet's role. It's his aim to establish the supremacy. That's why the word better over and over of Jesus Christ. He is not saying that there is a break between the Old Testament revelation and that of the New Testament. In other words, some people think, well, there's a God of the Old Testament, and then we finally get to the God of the New Testament. Praise God. It's the same God. He's not saying that there's a break between the Old Testament revelation and that of the New Testament. He is stressing the fact that there is continuity. 
but the continuity that ends in consummation. In other words, it is written. So this letter was proof of the very question the Hebrews were asking. Is God going to speak to us? So what's God do? He gives to the writer of the book of Hebrews words. And this little letter, can you imagine, picture yourself, 35 people in a little house 2,000 years ago, not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring. And you've been wondering if you should go back to Judaism or just pitch the whole thing in. And here comes the letter. You think anybody would be there for the letter? You think they'd be on time to see what the letter would say? They're like excited. And then when they hear the word God right from the beginning, this was a letter written to them. It didn't go through. They didn't have PowerPoint. didn't go through with an expositional deal. This was a letter. They're going, God does speak to us today. Wow. So God knew. God knew exactly what was going to happen. Now, um, basically what the letter is going to say is, hang in there. You've made the right decision. My son is better. Stick with it. Don't be discouraged. He's better than anything that can happen to you. So the next thing I want you to write is simply this. God wants to be known. He wants to be known. And does communicate with his children. That's huge. We just spent, Linda and I, a few days with, as you know, our daughter and son-in-law and granddaughter. And our desire, as they were there, and we prayed with them and different issues that they're doing without in Denver and all that, our desire was for them to know God, which they do, and to find success in every area of their life. As an earthly father and mother and grandfather and grandma, what do we want for them? We want the best. So as we talked and discussed, even as we prayed for some things today, they've gone back, but we've been in contact with them today. As they've been discussing issues, Linda and I, even this afternoon, just prayed for them. There's an issue they're going through and some decisions they need to make. We just prayed for them that God would reveal his will to them. You see, we want them to know what the right thing to do is. If we could have given them information, and we have over time, from our wisdom, mistakes we've made, you kind of don't want to do this, do this. How many of you parents have made any mistakes? Any Anybody out there? Okay, good. Thank you. So, if you've made it, and you love your children, and you do and your grandchildren, you want to kind of what? Set them up not to make the same things. Don't have to go there. We did it. Here's a better way to do it. Well, this is what God's doing. Not that he made mistakes, but he wants you to know how to do it. God wants to speak to us. He does communicate. He wants us to know him. It's interesting. I don't know where I got this cold, whether I gave it to the granddaughter or the granddaughter gave it to me. We won't go there. But... Last night when she arrived back in Denver, she's only two, you know, she went to bed and she was confused because of the plane and all the rest of the stuff. And she says, you know, where's grandma? Where's grandpa? Where's Misu the dog? She couldn't figure where we were because we're not in Denver. And then she says, where's grandpa? He's the one that gives me my Tylenol. So she just relates to whatever's there. She doesn't understand all the differences. But see, we want to know them and they wanted to know us. There's a relationship. Well, that's what this letter meant to these 30 to 40 people who were just devastated. 
They're in very, very difficult times. So, God's main way to speak to us, well, you know what that main way is. It's His Word. That's why we study His Word here. That's the purpose. Psalm 5, 3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. I want to hear you speak to us. Next thing you need to write, and of course you know this, God is still speaking today. He didn't just speak to the Hebrews, but he's still speaking to you and I. In fact, may God speak to us every time we meet, every time you open the Word of God. I need to hear God speak to me, don't you? I want my Heavenly Father to tell me, here's what's up, here's what to do. How do I know that God still communicates with us? Well, the Bible's filled with that. But one of the key ones is John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Well, what is the voice? It's the word of God, spoken by God to us. Keep your finger right there. Turn back to the book of James. You're close by. James chapter 1. I think this is important, and we know it all too well. Just a good thing to remind us, myself included. James chapter 1, verse 22. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. You'll have whatever, King James, New King James, NIV, New American Standard, whatever. Look down at verse 22. The New Living Translation says this, But don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey... It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So, yes, God is still speaking today, but the real key is hearing is not enough. God requires obedience. And let me just share this little pearl of wisdom with you. Very often in our lives, we are looking for God to speak a word of direction when we come to a certain situation. And I found this, that if God has already spoken to me about something, and I'm not obeying him in that area, don't expect to receive new revelation from God. God wants you to obey the revelation he's already given you before he'll give you that situation that you're looking at. In other words, why would he give you direction in the new area you're looking for if you haven't obeyed that which he gave you in the previous situation? He won't. So sometimes our prayers are not answered. Because we're in disobedience. People wonder, well, God isn't speaking. Oh, God's speaking. He's speaking to your conscience. Go back to what he asked you to do. Do it right. Then new revelation will come. And I think that's very often a case in our lives. So 
The underlying, uh, underlying idea of this letter, the theme, is that the full revelation is coming by Jesus Christ. That enables us to enter into his presence. And we see how important Jesus Christ is, which separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. Now, back to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Whom, in the middle of the verse, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. In that part, 2b all the way through 3, Seven keys, seven facts that set Jesus Christ apart from any other prophet. Obviously, he's not a prophet, the Son of God. Set him apart in his revelation. I remember many years ago in the denomination where my dad was, which was Assembly of God, there was a great speaker for many years on the radio in the Assemblies of God, and the program was called Revival Time. And I remember, in fact, I met this individual. I think my dad had him at church because I rode in the car one of the months. His name was C.M. Ward. He was an incredible preacher. Well, I read one of his books on preaching once, way back 25 years ago. And one of the things, I never forgot it, he said, when you're preaching, always get to Jesus. And as I, of course, I never thought I'd be a minister in those days, but that's always come back to me. Because why? Why do you want to get to Jesus? Well, Jesus is the answer to everything. And that's exactly what the book of Hebrews is. Get to Jesus. And in these two verses, we see that the writer is simply saying, preach Christ. Christ is the key. Everything focuses around Christ. Christ is better. You can't leave Christ out. He's the focus. He's everything. So, You say, well, was that really true when the early church started? Let me just give you three illustrations. Philip, Peter, and Paul. Look at these verses. I think it's so clear. As Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, who did he get to right away? He got to Jesus. Notice, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are witnesses of the fact. Later on is Philip. He's out, and he's out uh, in the desert, and he meets this Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian read, is reading out of Isaiah, and he says, who, who is this about? Well, who is it about? Philip knew. It was about Jesus, and he gets right to Jesus, because that was the crux. See, he'd been to Judaism in Jerusalem, didn't get Jesus, left empty. Without Jesus, you're always empty. So what does Philip say? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Paul, great Jew, came from that rich background. He was a Pharisee of all Pharisees, struck down on the road. What does he finally think when he begins to teach? Is he going to use his wisdom? Is he going to use all the Judaism thing? No, he's going to get to one person. Look what he says. For I resolved to know nothing 
while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see, that's what makes us uniquely different in the world of many, many, many religions. It's Jesus Christ. He's not another prophet. He isn't a way to God. He is the only way to God. And as you go through this, you're going to see this very key. The best thing we can do in life is simply get people to Jesus. I can't solve their issues. You can't solve their issues. You know, when the pastors in this church marry people, God marries them. We don't marry them. We're the human. God makes them one. We can't. And so we're just agents for Jesus. Now, each one of these seven action points or facts goes to the full deity of Christ. Remember the Hebrews, the original Jewish audience, they were faced with this temptation to abandon and go back to Judaism. So the writer is going to talk about, no, 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 no. Jesus is not just another prophet. He's God. He's deity. And he sets it out right at the start of the letter so that they can see that what they're doing by placing their faith in Jesus is exactly the right thing. Let's go through these seven. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can take it right out of two and three, but here we go. Jesus is the heir of all things. In other words, he inherits everything. Now, how'd you like to be the heir of this person? Bill Gates, richest man, all the world. I saw an interview with him a few weeks ago on a night program. I thought it was very interesting. The, the individual said, how do you like being the richest man in all the world? He said, there's no advantage ever to be the richest man in all the world. So at least he's come to that understanding. Now, how would you like to be the heir to Bill Gates? No problem, man. You'd have it all, right? Well, Jesus Christ is the heir because, really, look at Romans 8.17. Now, if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. The first heir of God is God's Son. And so everything that belongs to God obviously belongs to Jesus Christ. Remember in the book of Revelation, we studied the title deed to the earth was God's, was Jesus. Well, the whole universe belongs to God and Jesus, and eventually he'll reign over all of it. So, notice the rest of verse 17. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So, I'm a co-heir. All of us are co-heirs, which means eventually I get to inherit my father's estate. I'm a co-heir. We're going to enjoy all of the wealth of our Heavenly Father. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the history of God's communication with men. You found out that throughout the Old Testament, God used different men and women to communicate His desires, commands, and warnings to His people, the Jews. You learned that when Jesus came on the scene, He was the pinnacle of God's revelation to mankind. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In his next installment of his message, God is Still Speaking, Pastor Mark will wrap up the message. You'll hear about why Jesus is better than the prophets that existed before he came to earth. You'll find out why other religions and cults like the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons get their theology wrong by making Jesus something less than God Almighty. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.